are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi, friends. How much did you love last week with Jess and Jesse and Jessica's? <laughs> Two Jessica's. One will be Jess, one will be Jesse. Actually, both. it seems like Jess actually goes by Jesse, so fine. We can both be Jesse. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and my sister actually just made a comment about you know, my sister's name is Jenny. So, like, between 1976 and 1984, how many girls in the United States were named Jessica or Jennifer? But my sister is not a Jennifer. She was just Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, like Jenny Garth. So, of course, we were Jen and Jess. Anyway, that was last week. This week, okay, you are going to meet Steph Caldwell. And Steph is here to tell us about, like, what do, what do we want to call it? The, the bulk of her life? <laughs> a little bit. We hear about the bulk of it a little bit. Like, the, the regular kind of nine-to-five job she's got, which is amazing. Amazing. She's got a big job. And she's in an incredible field. There's not a lot of women. And then she has, of course, as a lot of us do, have a, another thing going on. And it's not just a thing. It's a podcast. It's a book. It's a community. It's like a lot going on. <laughs> so you'll you'll hear it as called manifest her, right? Manifest her. Huh? Manifest her? Manifest her. Ah, y'all are with me now. Now you got it. Now you got it. Okay, okay. So there's a book out that you can buy right now. It's on Amazon. Uh, or I'm sure on some non-Amazon. <laughs> I I feel bad. I've always been like, it's on Amazon. Um, I lived remotely for so long. <laughs> Amazon was our uh, lifeline to the outside world. Okay, so Steph has got a book. Steph has a podcast. Steph has a community on Instagram and you can join it and you can also join um, the more, you know, non-public group of her um, ladies. The title of the podcast is also manifest her right but here's the subtitle a manifest podcast by and for ambitious af women boom <laughs> let's we can add another level to af and do aaf ambitious as fuck <laughs> that's what i'm that's what i think we should start doing now i'm aaf about this okay so as i sit here I cannot forget to say I love you and you're listening and you're subscribing, I think, and (laughs) you're reviewing and it's awesome and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And have we talked about, I, I can't remember if we talked about this. No, I think we talked about this. I talked about it. Never mind. I was going to say we hit 5,000 downloads like last month, but you guys know that, right? I talked about that. <laughs> I can't remember because I write it. Okay. So I, I, I will do stuff on social media. I'll write an email blast. I will talk on the podcast and I'm like, did I write? Did I talk? What's going on? <laughs> I got a lot to juggle. That's all right. It's all good. I am AAF, yo. I'm ambitious as fuck. So go in and rate and review the show and share share it away. Share 
this episode, share last week's episode, um, send it to your girlfriends who need to hear about these other women who are climbing out of dark places and continue on with their lives. And go find Manifest Her podcast. And all right, y'all, must send it over to me and Steph. All right, on this glorious Saturday morning, I'm here with Steph. Hi, Steph. Hi, it's so good to see you. Well, yes, you too. I This is a wonderful, I, I might do them all on Saturday mornings now. I'm like, this is a great <laughs> idea for a Saturday morning. Oh, wait, it's Friday. Oh my God, I said Saturday three times. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's going to go out on Saturday, but I can pretend. No, no. Okay, now let me tell you, my kids don't have school today, so it feels like a Saturday. Oh, we can come early. <laughs> oh my God, this is, that's great. Oh, I freaking love it. Yeah, so... <laughs> That was so perfect. Perfect start to this. We're manifesting Saturday morning yes. right now. Yes. Oh, my God. That was not planned. I was not like a fun quip to start the show off with. I really thought it was Saturday. So my school district, when they have a Monday holiday, which they have, they they do this awesome thing where they take the Friday off. So then you have like a four-day weekend. Oh, my. That's brilliant. That genius? I should do yeah. that in my life in general. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the um, teachers and uh, it's a t- work day. It's like an in service work day for them today. Oh my gosh. Okay, so enough about how it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need to know about you, Steph? Before we hear your story. Uh, well, uh, I guess I'll start with I um, work full time in mm-hmm. high tech and artificial intelligence, and that means oh, nothing. So cool. But <laughs> I love I it. I think it's really cool. I love what I do. Um, But I am also the founder of a company called Manifest, and our mission is to help ambitious women set and achieve their biggest personal, professional, and wealth goals. And I've owned this business now for about two years. The journey Mm -hmm. has been absolutely extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, We've impacted so many women and um, have now kind of applied our programming in a really great way that allows us to get it out in the hands of as many people as possible. We published a book this summer called Manifest Her. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, did I just do this? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, me, my personal mission is to help women claim their power and step into their potential. And that's like what I wake up every morning thinking about. And, mm-hmm. and today is one of those mornings, Saturday, yes. Friday, who cares? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. And I'm so thankful for you doing this work. Like, I, I like, I feel like we're on the same, like, wavelength of this, of like, we know our intrinsic power as women, but it's been kind of like dimmed from the time we're little girls. And let's like get to a point where we're like, oh, turn the light on. Let's do this. You know, oh, <laughs> like no more dimming. There's so much to unpack there. <laughs> there right? Yeah. All right, cool. So we start off the show with like this moment and it could, you know, out of context, we'll, we'll go and contextualize it. But we have this moment where, um, oh, and I just did an interview and she added another sentence. It's like one of these sentences. I love them all. It's this can't be my life just not this or um this one that we just added was oh this wasn't the plan mm-hmm. uh so tell us about a moment that you you kind of ha- you had that moment where you just and you can identify as a before and after of like things shifted for you yeah i think that the most important place to start um mm-hmm. this story to lead up to this moment for me mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when i was 16 years old despite mm-hmm. having you know an upbringing that you would believe like is picture perfect, like picket fence. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I committed suicide. And I say mm-hmm. commit suicide because mm-hmm. that was my intention. And obviously I failed. And mm-hmm. a year later, totally by chance, I happened upon a man in a public mm-hmm. parking lot who succeeded in doing what I wanted to do. And I mm-hmm. was the 911 call that tried to stop, you know, what mm-hmm. was happening. And I failed at doing that. And I swear to you, I woke mm-hmm. up the next morning, or mm-hmm. it was probably weeks later, realistically. <laughs> right. And <laughs> the trauma of this experience had settled. And there mm-hmm. was a voice inside of me that whispered to me, this is not your path. And you are meant for more. Right. And it was with just enough time that I went to college, did all of the college things, got the good grades, did the sports, was in a sorority, really figured out who I was and really Mm -hmm. thrived. And Mm -hmm. as college came, you know, creeping to an end, I was just overcome with anxiety. It was like I knew Mm -hmm. who I was here. I knew this was like a prescribed life. And what came next, there was no prescription. And Mm so Mm -hmm. I found this extraordinary goal-setting program um, that encouraged me to set goals on a 10-year horizon, break those Mm -hmm. back to one year, and then start taking action on them. And I had big, ambitious goals. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to make six figures, and I want to get married, and I want to live in the home of my dreams, and I want to run a marathon. And I get out of college, and I literally hit the ground running. I was like, boom, 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 did all the things. I wake up, I'm 27, I'm like, holy crap, I did all of this five years mm-hmm. ahead of schedule. And then my phone rings and my boss in my company tells me that my position has been eliminated. Oh, and that starting, you know, again, I think it's the next day, but it was probably like two weeks mm-hmm. later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I I moved <laughs> to a new department um, and a new role if I wanted to take it. Um, but mm-hmm. this is a role that I absolutely never ever would have taken if not mm-hmm forced in that direction forced mm-hmm. of course this was 90 days before my wedding so even though I wanted to be <laughs> irrational and leave I didn't and it was in this week and kind of the fallout of this that I really woke up and I said like this isn't my life like mm-hmm. I'm not this person and this job change completely and totally devastated me and in that moment I realized that 100% of my self-worth was tied up in who I was at the office and that wasn't that just couldn't be the case anymore yeah did you take that job no I did take that job you did how long yeah. did you work in that job so, we'll, we'll get to this oh, I guess this. I guess we could we could go why don't we just go backwards why don't we just go like we'll stop there you know with the, the, the job change was let's let's go backwards like what got you you know I mean to being 16 and you know deciding to want to take your life Oh, man. I think that there's there's so many factors there. Mm-hmm. I think one factor uh, that is now like heavily researched is mm-hmm. hormones and birth control mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. knowing how that impacts your right, brain long-term. chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think that another really big factor that I'm finally now realizing is social media. If you Mm -hmm. look at the statistics of women, uh, sorry, girl suicide rates, as well as Mm -hmm. girl anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. um, you can draw a line in the year 2011, which is the advent of like, you know, Facebook and, Mm -hmm. and see the progression. The stats are, you know, double, if not triple, if you look at different age brackets, Mm -hmm. I wasn't 2011, but I was a few years before 
towards mm-hmm. the advent of MySpace, and I think that that had a significant impact on how yeah. I perceived my self worth. Right. And then what, last, oh. if you were, oh, I just went, you were like sixteen around then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like contextualizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I think last but not least, uh, we don't talk about mental health. There's really no, no mm-hmm. benchmark for how you feel like your mental health is. You know, when you're mm-hmm. a kid and your mom takes you to the doctor's office, they put you on a scale and they're like, great, you like weigh this much, your feet are this big, you're probably gonna be this tall. But they're not like, here's actually where you are on a mental health scale. And mm-hmm. so I think that I was probably always dealing with some version of anxiety or depression or mm-hmm. um, these feelings of like uh, low self-worth and whatnot. And I just couldn't articulate it because I thought that that was normal and we weren't mm-hmm. really talking about it. And obviously right. this is so much more part of like the social dialogue today, but yep. I think yep. that it wasn't then. Yeah, it wasn't then. So I think there was a lot of things. I think so too. You know, what's interesting is the only time I can think of in a medical situation setting, whatever you want to call it, that your mental health is like checked in on in a routine basis is after you've had a baby and it's once. Wow. Like after you're at your first like postpartum appointment, they're like, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Do you have the blues? And that's about it, you know? And then that that's because it's, it's, it's known, you know, that it's a hard time for women, but it's, it's, often can be like four months later too, you know? Yeah. Anyway, well, but like that's the only time. So many women now that are speaking out about postpartum mm-hmm. and like dangerous thoughts that they have mm-hmm. in the, in the mm-hmm. wake of, you know, childbirth. And mm-hmm. I'm actually like personally, I'm kind of scared for that moment, you know, knowing mm-hmm. what I know about my own conditions. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that yeah. awareness, like when you have that awareness, you can actually encourage healthier action. Yes. Agreed. It, um, it is right that there is a correlation between, you know, having anxiety and depression will um, in pre-pregnancy time will, you know, it's more likely to pop up postpartum. So it's really great. And if you're aware of it and your partner's aware of it and your doctor's aware of it, like it can be like, I'm like managed, dealt with us, not like handled. Those all seem terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about nurtured? Well, you can, can nurture just, the time. Can I just Please. add like talking to your partner and your family about these things is yeah. really scary. So yes, yes. Like if I think about my 16 year old experience and, mm-hmm. and now like publishing this book, For the Mm -hmm. very first time in my life, this is over 10 years later, I -hmm. admitted to my brothers that this is what what I had been dealing with at the age Mm -hmm. of 16. They didn't know. um, I think that, I think that my older brother like had inklings. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that my younger brother was really sheltered from it. Mm -hmm. And I think for good reason, you know, Mm -hmm. but I remember. So did your parents just deal with it and like with you or did your parents know? My parents did. Um, okay. My dad took me to the hospital, and okay. and yeah, we we talked about it a lot as a family. We went to mm-hmm. family therapy and and dealt with it. But again, like I think that you know my younger brother is a little bit younger than me. Like they wanted mm-hmm. to just keep him sheltered from that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway, you know, writing this book was the first time that I had to come out to my family and my friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tell them. And I was so afraid. But I think mm-hmm. like anybody listening to this that has experienced any of this, if you don't have the dialogue, then, you know, you could get to like childbirth years and nobody mm-hmm. knows because you've never come out about it. And then it just worsens the situation. So. Exactly. So how did, okay. So I, I, I don't want to leave this. I want to just like expand on it. How did that um, situation how was it affected by then the guy in the park? Like what happened there for you personally? Like what kind of journey did you set on from that moment? Um, so the guy in the park, uh, Mm -hmm. 
this is such a wild story. So I was with some friends, mm-hmm. we were leaving a restaurant and mm-hmm. um, we were like, what is going on over there? And this man mm-hmm. had like, uh, it seems like, you know, dropped a match at like where his pant legs were and then just mm-hmm. like one a blaze. And I was like, oh my God, like that's a person. Call 911, holy shit. And my friend, mm-hmm. um, you know, runs and she tries to like swat at him with her jacket. Mm-hmm. And like, we just do what we can. The police arrive and we all go home. And mm-hmm. I woke up the next day and I was like, who is that man? Like I had to know. So I went to the police mm-hmm. station. I got his name. I found out, you know, they were having a visitation for his family. And um, this is so wild. His last name actually matches the last name of uh, my college coach um, where I went to college. Uh, and I don't know if like, you know, the universe works in mysterious mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it was like that um, that moment in the Matrix where like Neo's told like follow the white rabbit. Like this yes. was like my follow the white rabbit moment. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I just got chills, actually. I've never, I don't I think I've ever it. talked about this out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going to that person's visitation and mm-hmm. seeing the devastation that his family felt because mm-hmm. of this action and knowing, like, if that were my dad, you know, like how mm-hmm. I would feel. I think I just yeah. knew, like, this cannot be my story. This cannot be my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to change in a big way. And I knew that the only way to like start that change was between my ears. Like I imagine it had a healing isn't quite the, but like ded- dedication, right. To like yeah. seeing the other side of that. And what a, what a gift I hate to say. Like, I don't mean that somebody else has lost, you know, loss is a gift, but like, I think it was probably for you. Yeah. And it feels like so conflicting to say that, but it's like, yeah, had that yeah, not happened, you know, mm-hmm. then I don't know where I'd be because like, my, you know, self-harm adventures were like, you know, years and years long and then, yeah. yes. and then culminated, yeah. you know, in, in a suicide attempt. So, so yeah, I think that for whatever reason I was meant to be there that night and that yeah. was not clear when I was a kid. Um, cause you're yeah. a kid when you're 17. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's now, it's now a lot more clear now that I'm, I feel like I'm really living in service. Yeah. To that time. So then I feel like from hearing you talk a little bit of your story, then you kind of leaned into achieving, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm gonna, um, it was this like a, a work your way out of the problem attempt at first, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And still feel is your so way. That so accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, I couldn't articulate that at the time. I was just like, okay, like out of my head into the world, have to like mm-hmm. get these objective, you know, benchmarks. Mm-hmm. So like I'm good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I re- redeem yourself, if you will, a little bit yeah. of like, look, uh, this isn't going to stop me. I'm going to keep doing all the, I'm going to check these boxes. Watch me. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell me about like that time. How, how did that, like, did you know? No, you said you, you didn't know that's what you were doing, but can, can you <laughs> identify it now of that's what you were doing in the time of college? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I think to yeah. some extent, by the way, I'm still doing it now where I'm like, ah. oh, yeah, you know, like I just read a book and then I'm like, that's right. a big thing. You know, yeah. and then I'm like, but what does that book represent? That represents yeah. my commitment to growth and to play and to service. And um, I think that it's something that everybody's kind of dealing with to some extent, you know? Mm-hmm, 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 absolutely. Yeah, there's like, I don't know, I feel like I could talk about that for a long time and not make any sense. That's how I feel about that question. <laughs> 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 got it got it so now like I, f- I let's because I feel like there's 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 a couple different you know phases and I love this because it's like mm-hmm. this teenage phase this college phase and then like after college yeah 
was it your dream job that you got pretty much 100 percent. i even describe it in my yeah. book as like i had my dream job and i had like you managed to get written it, it out yeah. literally i was like, like this is perfect i had advocated for it a bit and then when it you know was given to me i was like oh my god you know like this is i'm on top as long as i just yeah. stay here like life will be good <laughs> right. So tell me, tell me about that time. Like, yeah, the, like, oh, if I could have drawn it out, written it out, like, was it the pay and the location and then like the job, like everything was what you wanted? Everything. And, um, and so how did it feel starting that? Yeah. Um, whew, so good. So, so stinking good. So um, yeah. my mom is a brilliant woman, always been in technology, econ major, just like always was pushing, pushing the articles of like the future of technology. I remember being okay. you know, in fifth grade and it was like the hotel that was going to be built on the moon. And then in like seventh grade, it was like <laughs> self-driving cars. We we're driving like the entire mm-hmm. continent of, you know, Asia. And I was like, right. Oh my God, like, this is so cool. So like cool. I want to be part of this world. And so I get out of college. I, I worked in uh, market research for some time and then landed a job at uh, this AI company. And I'm like, this is the advent of Alexa is like when I'm taking this job. Uh, or okay. I should say like the advent of Alexa in homes, like broadly speaking. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the heyday, right? Yes. And what we okay. do at my company is we turn data into words. So imagine asking okay. the question, like, what's the temperature outside? Like that is data. And the way that mm-hmm. Alexa presents that information to you is in words. So that's what we do. Okay. Um, and we do this for some of the most innovative companies in the world. Think like the Microsofts, the Amazons, the, like okay. you name the big tech company, like that's who we do it for. And my job was to work with the executive teams of those companies. Okay. And to me, that was like, I am contributing to the future in a big right. way. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> specifically I worked in sales. And so it was like not taking like what I, I perceived at the time as like the easy path of like somebody's already brought in this business and now I just need to maintain it. But like I had to go out and find the business and like convince mm-hmm. somebody to spend their time and money with us. And that was a really big deal for me. And so then the call that I get, they eliminated this, um, this part of that organization and were putting me in an account management function. And that was like a big blow to my ego. But the second mm-hmm. blow came when I found out that they were actually hiring for the person to be managing that group. And I raised my hand for promotion, mm-hmm. interviewed, thought I crushed it. And then I didn't get it. And that was like mm-hmm. the boom, boom, like one, two punch. And I remember statistically speaking in high tech, there are very few women in leadership. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes mm-hmm. like masculine traits are promoted over feminine traits. Mm. So, so there was that aspect of this, but one of the pieces of feedback I was given in the wake of me not getting this promotion was that I lacked confidence in myself and my abilities and they decided to go in a different direction. And I remember being like, oh my God, like who am I? who am I if I'm not confident? Like that is what I've like staked my reputation on is like Mm -hmm. confidently stepping into the unknown, confidently calling on these people that are 20 years my senior and have bank accounts that have billions of dollars in them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I'm not confident enough to do this, then, then who am I? And it was just like a really big moment of like stillness for me, which Mm -hmm. happened to coincide with a number of tears. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly crying in my car. <laughs> and so what it like, do you think it was a proper assessment that you weren't confident in your role? Yes. I think that it, it was. was a proper assessment that mm-hmm. I hinged and associated my confidence with objective benchmarks of success that were external to me. Got it. It wasn't internal. Mm-hmm. 
So then how did you set like, I'm like, cause I feel like you've done work here. <laughs> Pers- <laughs> yeah, personal work, work. <laughs> right. Personal work. So mm-hmm. how, yeah. From, from those tears, then what happened? Again, the universe like mm-hmm. abundantly shows up for me when I need it for some mm-hmm. reason. And it just so happened. So in this job, I traveled a ton domestically. I found this yoga studio that I absolutely uh-huh. fell in love with, but it was in San Francisco and I'm in Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I, I kid you not, like the week that I'm crying in my car, Mm -hmm. I find out this Mm -hmm. yoga studio is coming to Chicago. And I'm like, oh, this is just what I need. So I called them and I was like, I want to help you guys succeed in Chicago. Please let me know if I can be an ambassador or something like I Mm -hmm. need this business in my life. Mm -hmm. And so they were really gracious. Shout out Ritual Hot Yoga. Amazing. (laughs) If you travel to San Fran, come to Chicago. You have to go there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I showed up every single morning on my mat. And at the end mm-hmm. of the practice, they say, your life is sacred. Mm-hmm. Create rituals of mm-hmm. showing up for yourself and like maintaining, you know, that sacredness. And I was like, my life is sacred. Like nobody ever tells you in your life, Mm-mm. your life is sacred. And showing up morning after morning after morning, hearing these mantras and um, going through like the yoga sutras, which are like age old texts, you know, Mm -hmm. of like people that were dealing with the same stuff that we deal with now, like (laughs) mentally, (laughs) we're writing these things down. (laughs) Yep. It just made me realize like uh, parigraha is the practice of non-attachment. And I think Mm -hmm. that I get so attached to things outside of myself, relationships, job titles, figures in my bank account that I have to like, I have to have this practice daily practice of releasing that attachment. And so that was what yoga taught me was, you know, that release. Same. (laughs) What I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to mention. Okay. Here it is. So my favorite, um, I use insight timer as a meditation Mm -hmm. app. My favorite teacher on there is named Sarah Blondin. And I just, as you were saying, you know, your life is sacred. I was like, we're soul sisters. So (laughs) the guided meditation, it's 12 12 minutes long by Sarah Blondin. That is on Insight Timer. It's called Make Your Life, no, Making Your Life Sacred. And the first time I listened to it, I was in like a giant, there's like this, I used to live in a small town, but it had an international art scene. Mm -hmm. And they had like a, garden if you will in the middle of one of their buildings and I was laying on a bench and I was just like baked in this like west Texas sun and it was morning it was still cool and I'm listening to this meditation called making your life sacred and I am bawling like bawling it's so funny that you said that word that like your life is sacred and I was like oh I fucking know the moment you had (laughs) you know yeah yeah. it's like that word it just has so much gravity to it and it's like, mm-hmm. it's so underused. <laughs> uh huh. But that's uh-huh. probably why it has so much gravity because it's not like, you know, you don't hear it every day. Yes. Yes. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> if you just, Please like, do. I would love that. I, think, I will listen I think, to it today. <laughs> yes. And I think you'll adore her. She doesn't um, release very much, but I, I've listened to all of her meditations that are on this mm-hmm. app. And of course, she did some live streams during quarantine. And I was like, yeah. I'm so happy to see you. You know, <laughs> she's Isn't not it very crazy. When you mm-hmm. find somebody like that who just like vibrates at the frequency that you need mm-hmm. in that time right in their seasons right yes but it yes. can it can dramatically change your life and that was ritual mm-hmm. hot yoga for me oh that's amazing and then you have it here in 
your space of yes. a city, if you will. We still and have it. I'm so lucky. That's so <laughs> awesome. And so I, this is this is perfect. Like piggyback onto a question I always ask it is what got you to the place that you are now? So we have yoga. Was there mm-hmm. anything else that you brought into your, you know, growth journey? Dare I say? Yes. <laughs> so yoga for me represented Mm -hmm. absolutely ruthless boundaries. So I was a couple years into this job, Mm -hmm. right? Devastation happens. And I'm like, you Mm -hmm. know what, if, if this, if they don't value me the way that I think that I should be valued, then Mm -hmm. I can't, I have to value my time differently. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so instead of getting to the office early, staying late, like doing all the things, I was like, I will be in the office at 9am every day, but Mm -hmm. until nine, that is me time. And so having that boundary made me realize like, okay, like I can show up for myself and for this practice. And then the boundaries kind of like, they just started infiltrating other areas. I was like, I'm going to go notification free. I'm going to leave the office by six. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to like tell people what I need. <laughs> and so <gasps> I know it was amazing. Um, wow. So then, As a woman. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to claim my power. What? <laughs> what and your time and my time so I'm fortunate in that I don't have kids and so Mm -hmm. with so I created space in my life right now all of a sudden I had like if you looked at my time calculator I had 20 hours extra per week Mm -hmm. that before was either going to work or just not being intentional and now Mm -hmm. I had all of this space and at first I used the space for dumb things like Netflix and wine um and then (laughs) phases you know (laughs) phases right and then I woke up a little hungover you know for like three months in a row (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like Uh feeling depleted I was like Mm -hmm. you know I didn't want this space just for the sake of like messing around like I wanted this space Mm -hmm. to create something that like was intentional and that I could be really excited about and so I remember I was on um on business travel and I was listening to oh there was like two big moments one, I'm going to Iowa to like speak at a conference and I'm like, Ugh. um, and Ariana Huffington is playing over my Bluetooth cause I'm a big audible reader. And she goes, the one thing that we all have in common is our own mortality. And I was like, shot to my chest. So mm-hmm. a couple months go by, I haven't done anything, but that quote is like lingering with me. Disrupt her, but Mickey Agarwal is playing over my speakers this time. And Mickey says, the average person has 21,000 days between the day they uh, graduate college and the day they die. And I was like, I'm sorry, skirt. Like I literally yeah, like, yeah, over I, the car. Like, what? Ah! I just wrote it. But <laughs> you love like, you see me? I wrote, I wrote it down. <laughs> like, I'm, always thinking yeah. those, I'm like 21,000 days. Got it. Okay. Right. So I like do the math in my head. I'm like, holy crap. You know, like, so <laughs> that means. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my two just went to a one digit on the Ooh. front end. Oh my good Lord. And so I remember that specific day I was, I had been staying in San Francisco. I was down in San Jose, which is about an hour South. And I had this, this choice. It was the end of the work day and I could choose to drive home to San, home to San Francisco mm-hmm. to like sit in my hotel room and probably work. Or mm-hmm. I could take my rental car two hours South to the Bixby bridge, which like for like, this has always been on my bucket list. I knew that I wanted to go see this place mm-hmm. and, and just like go and watch sunset alone. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to the Bixby bridge. You know, if I only have 19,000 something number of days left, like I'm going there. And Mm -hmm. so I zoomed at the Bixby bridge and I kid you not on my way back, I call my best friend, Tasha. And I'm like, Tosh, I've got an idea. We're going to get women together and we are going to start talking about the stuff that we're dealing with in our careers and in our lives. And we're going to talk about it in a real way. We're, We're not like showing up inauthentic, but we're like 
I'm struggling or I'm really proud of these aspects of my life, but I don't know what's going on and like what my future holds. And, um, and so we, we built what is now my company, which is called Manifest. Oh my gosh. From the trip to the Bixby Bridge. So complete personal side note, I have a kid named Bixby. <gasps> this is meant to be, we were meant mm-hmm. to be friends. My second, uh, my second, it came out of, my husband was driving and sending an email and I was like, give me your phone. And it was a spam filter, but it was like 10 years ago. And the mm-hmm. spam filter was named Boxby. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was like, Boxby, I was pregnant. So I was like, Boxby, Boxby, Bixby, <gasps> Bixby. I used to know someone whose last name was Bixby and her name was Jennifer Bixby and she went by Bixby. And so that, oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love that you your have moment. not been to the bridge. You need to. No, I haven't. I know we need to, um, we have family that live out in San Diego. So that would be kind of like a time to make that happen. And she would love it. You know, yeah. she would love it to have Bixby on the Bixby bridge. Oh my God. That'd be so cute. I love that. I love that you like that this moment, this chapter, like obviously you'd been thinking about it in your brain. Cause I know how these moments uh-huh. work. Like yeah. you're thinking about it in your brain and then you're on this road trip and you're on this bridge and you're like, it's usually so like simple, like a, like a breeze, right? We're like, this is oh happening. God, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like you should start a business for women and help it's women. happening. Right. Yeah. And it just like, right. Like, uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's kind of corny, but it's true. Like I, kn- I remember, you know, starting this project and I actually started it as a blog first cause we were moving and I was like, eh, I'm not going to over, but like, it was like, you're doing this now. You've thought about mm-hmm. it since you became a mom because you were like, this is a fucking different gig than everyone talks about, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. I'd like to have, you know, more honest conversations about it. And I thought about it for like a oh god ten years probably, and finally was like, no, it's happening now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. I think when you, I read this incredible book. It's called You Squared by Price Pritchett, and he opens mm-hmm. the book talking about a fly that's trying to get out of a window, and he uses these like extraordinary words. He's like, I can hear mm-hmm. um, like a life or death battle, and mm-hmm. he sees this fly like trying to get out the window, trying to get out the window, and he looks over and he sees a door that is open to the outside world ten feet away. Yeah. And he's like, 10 seconds of effortless flight and this fly could exit and like be free in the world. But instead, like we get so laser focused on like, I have to do this way. Yeah. And I think that that's like a good analogy for life, right? Like we're so Mm -hmm. busy. We are so overstimulated, like between Mm -hmm. our work and our family lives and trying to keep up with, I don't say the Joneses anymore. I say the Kardashians because like they raised the bar, they moved the (laughs) goalpost on us. (laughs) Like we just don't ridiculous amount space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in those moments where you have that space, you have like just complete stillness and silence. Like those are when your biggest ideas like are just Mm -hmm. a brush of wind on your cheek. And, Mm -hmm. and if you take action, then it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it can feel really effortless. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, you like inhale it, like, okay, it's in me now. It's in me and we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when you, okay. I'm like, I just want to logistically get this right. So when you got the, I'm doing air quotes, quote unquote, demotion that you considered and you were in the, are you still in that job now? Is that still what you're doing in the, like the, because it was. Yeah. So I spent two years in that job and you know what, as much as I hated it at first, Mm -hmm. I learned more about client service myself and how Mm -hmm. to be incredible in business in that job than I had learned at any point in my career. And so being in that actually taught me how to build a better business. And Got it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, it's insane now, like looking back on it, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but mm-hmm. so, so then 
I did want to get out of it though. I was like, this is still not for me long term. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because of what I was doing on the side, I actually advocated for myself and mm-hmm. um, recently took on a new role doing mm-hmm. essentially exactly what that dream job was again. Okay. So you're overseeing kind of like a new business client, sales. New business. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, yeah. that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I wonder if, oh my gosh, like it's always hindsight, but like mm-hmm. having that different job at the time allowed you to have bandwidth in your space to be able to do what you needed to do personally to step into, you know, what we call the like in, in internal validation. Absolutely. I mean, without right? that, without that moment of like complete devastation, I would have never set uh-huh. boundaries without the boundaries. I wouldn't have had the time. The time actually gave me the clarity of mind and that clarity of mind became like my understanding of my purpose and my mm-hmm. purpose and being in my purpose, like day in and day out has completely allowed me to balance entire not entirely, but like my contentment for like every mm-hmm. moment and like truly mm-hmm. like experience my like pillars are like move growth and play every single day mm-hmm. without yes. like yes. compromising my ambition for the future. But it's like, I know the future's coming. And if I just exist and like truly like, internally feel good every single day like that future mm-hmm. is just mine it's just on its way yeah it's the uh, again i feel like it almost comes up every episode because it's so fucking perfect you can't pour from an empty cup yes oh my god <laughs> like, yes you can't yeah. <laughs> you have nothing to give uh-huh. and like this is this is so common and I'm, I've, I've talked to other women in, in you know career paths maybe not in you know the tech industry like you but mm-hmm. in uh, the law or the medical and all these like these are huge teaching also another one that values you know selflessness mm-hmm. and martyrdom you know mm-hmm. in like how many hours can you put in how much are you willing to do and you're going to get ahead the more you sacrifice yourself and like can we fucking stop that shit oh my god like, can we stop can we stop that shit <laughs> yeah but um, i think that you are you are going to be like a uh, a force in the, and then like being proper boundaries for business like that you know mm-hmm. especially with women because we are taught that at a very young age that give 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 you know mm-hmm. time energy money give 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 take care take care you know and mm-hmm. Anyway, I've talked to so many women about like how hard it was to set boundaries at work, especially in these really dynamic industries. Yeah. I have to dig into something that you just said, which is like, Mm -hmm. we've been taught as women, like give, give, give. I Mm -hmm. completely agree with that. When my co-founder and I started talking about what we took issue with in the Mm self-care, self-love space, um, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of ways just like kind of online, what we're consuming, we were like the the way that self love and self-care being portrayed online is Mm -hmm. not enough. Like we're like, Mm-hmm. self-love is a bath or like self-love is journaling. And I like, knew you were going to say bath. Yep, yep. You know, it's like, I agree, yes. that is. Yeah. Um, but self-love, the way that mm-hmm. we define it and manifest More. is yeah. expressing a deep affection for your essential being. And self-care, as we define it, is the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of your essential being. And when you start reframing self-care, it's like, what do I need for my health? What do I need for my welfare? What do I need for the maintenance of me and for the protection of me? You start really shape-shifting. And for me, one of the biggest things that I did, it took place on my calendar. Like where I was Mm -hmm. giving myself away was with my time, right? It's like this abundant resource and it's not really, but it comes from us. We are in control of it. Doesn't matter what your bank Mm -hmm. account is, like you have time. Mm -hmm. So 
on my calendar. It was like, will not go to work until this hour, will not stay yep. at work after this hour, will not have notifications that distract me from me time when I'm away from these things. Mm-hmm. And then on my calendar, like my actual calendar, every single month I blocked off a weekend for me. And if anybody asked me what I was doing that weekend, I said, I'm busy. Oh my God. Yeah. That was like, ladies, listen so to that. I'm like shaking my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, I'm busy. I really wish I could be there. Busy. I yeah. love that. It's just, and like, just, I'm sorry, I'm busy. No um, qualifiers. Is, Unfortunately, no, that won't exactly. work for me. Exactly. No qualifiers. Yeah. This, yes, yes. Yeah. So great. Oh. <laughs> um, is there anything else that like you've, you've pulled in? Like, well, just, I love to share all these things like yoga, music, therapy, dancing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, morning routine. Sounds like you probably have a morning routine. Like, is there anything else, you know, Oh my God. Oh, that you, you okay. pulled into your orbit. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing that I'm probably most passionate about beyond anything mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. learning. Um, yeah. and women enjoy learning, but I think a lot of us get out of our like prescribed education paths and we suffer mm-hmm. from like what I would call PTSD from like directed learning. Because like we're forced to take subjects that we're not all that interested in. Like me, trigonometry, Mm -hmm. calculus, not a thing that I enjoy. Like I, I'm like math that helps me manage a budget. Dope. Like figuring out how this like square fits into this thing with octagons. Like no, never, (laughs) never something I'm gonna like get behind. (laughs) And so when I got out of college, I really I think stopped learning for probably four or five years. You know, maybe I'd listen to podcasts here and there, but. Um, then mm-hmm. in this moment where I had all the space, right. And my morning routine was mine. I was like, you know, I'm going to start listening to like audiobooks, and I'm just mm. going to like read and I'm going to see where that takes me. I have read probably close to 200 books in the last three years, like or four years. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I had a 10 year drought. I think there was like 10 years. I didn't read a book. Like yeah. I'm it, mom and entrepreneur time and just like all of that. And then you read and you're like, your mind expands. And that's the mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed is like the expansion, like ideas in for me is ideas out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy the process of like having an idea and just like letting it bounce around until it mm-hmm. becomes something like I'm totally okay with that. And so that's been really, really big too. It's like, just never stop learning. Oh, I love that. I love that. I guess we're kind of getting to the end here, but I just always want to, I always put up this you know, blanket, like, is there anything else that you wanted to share about your story about like how you, you know, got to where you are now, what you, I don't know. Like I like to just make an open, like, so I mentioned like contentment and I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of that we've, we've talked about is like me finding contentment in these moments mm-hmm. and these seasons mm-hmm. of my life. I am big on ambition too. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I see women hold themselves back from is dreaming big because they mm-hmm. feel like the realities of life Um, time, money, knowledge, hold them back from seeing themselves in the big life that they know that they're capable of. And so setting goals on a 10-year horizon is, Mm -hmm. I think, really powerful for for many reasons. One is because 10 years is a little too far where you Mm -hmm. can't really like keep time, money, and knowledge on the table in the same way. Mm -hmm. And like to prove that point, let's go backwards. So if you take my current age, 29, and subtract 10 years, I'm 19. Like Mm -hmm. you guys know my story where I was when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And also Mm -hmm. I was broke by the way, because I was a college student, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Like it, I, my 19 year old self would literally never believe me if I told her where I'd be today. And so you have to assume that the same is true for you going forward. Mm -hmm. And that your 39 year old self or whatever your age is, 
is never going to believe like how far she's come. And that can be true for like anything that you want to achieve in life. Like a great, great example is this book that I just published when I sat down to pen it, you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe like five years from now, like this will see a shelf. No, Mm -hmm. 18 months from that day, that book was in the world. And it's like, when you get clear on what it is that you want to achieve, and Mm -hmm. that can be like internal, it can be external. And then you take deliberate action towards that. Like the possibilities are truly endless and boundless. And I wish that somebody would have had that conversation with me earlier in life. There's um, a a common um, quip that I I, I try to... uh, Tongue tied. That I try to, um, you know, push down the road to women is like stop making yourself small. Like that's, that's it right there. The, like yes. we're, we're taught to make ourselves small, like, and um, they even put us in corsets to make us small, small mm-hmm. and geisha shoes small. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally truly trying to make us smaller. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And in our physical physicality, mm-hmm. forget my, I mean, a mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Small. Like literally look at the way I'm sitting right now. I'm taking up space. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <Man's- I'm> like, <laughs> I'll get the man spread going. Man spread. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My husband is such a man spreader and he's, he's, he's not. Not a piece of my size. Right. As long as he's not a mansplainer, we're cool. (laughs) No, he's not a mansplainer, but he is such a mansplainer. And he's, he's, I I love you, honey. You're going to be listening to this. He's, he's small for a man. He's smaller than me. Uh We're the same height, but he's smaller than me. But he, it's, he's a perfect case of manspreading. He takes up so much room. He really does. It's really fascinating. And it's crazy too. Just like the biochemistry that happens when we take up space, Mm -hmm. when we're big. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Just start there. It's a really great tactic to mm-hmm. try to take up more physical space in the world. Yeah. See what happens. Oh, I guess maybe not right now. COVID's not really like this. <laughs> right, right. In your home. In your home. In your home. With Clorox Practice. wipes. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Practice for the real so, world when we go back. <laughs> right. So tell us a little bit about like where, I mean, I have questions, but mm-hmm. let's, let's do where people can find you and tell me a little more about like manifest, like you get the book and you have a website, all that. Tell us that stuff. Yeah. So with manifest, we have mm-hmm. um, masterminds so mm-hmm. you can join. Um, typically there are a few days in a row where we will mm-hmm. talk about um, our, our kind of like themes our own, your story, find community and step into mm-hmm. the woman that you're born to be. So each mm-hmm. um, element of the program really like follows that a lot of what we teach you can actually extract through the book of course like mm-hmm. it's the difference of like self-guided learning versus like directed learning so highly recommend that uh, anybody pick up the book it's available on kindle it's available like on amazon and found anywhere books are sold plus the audible i actually read because i mentioned like i'm a big audio cool. reader yes yeah i yes, think it's like hanging out with the author is just such a cool experience mm-hmm. and so i agree i love hearing the author's voice yeah, yeah. With uh, Manifest, our business, you can find us at www.manifest-her.com. Mm-hmm. And then for me, you can find me at actually buystephcaldwell.com. But these are also available on Instagram and LinkedIn and kind of all the spots. All the spots. Okay, cool. I mean, I think I think we're ready for my for these like light questions. Oh my gosh. Ready? Nervous. Oh, they're they're fun. (laughs) Okay. What was your first car? The first car like I technically drove was a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Oh, what color was it? I was like like a metal gray. It smelled so terrible. I shared it with my older brother. He's a stinky person. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He's better now. I love you, Greg. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, when did you get your period? Oh my God. I was in sixth grade and Mm -hmm. it's so crazy. I remember I called my mom and I was like, I think I got my period. Like I had like this horrible stomach ache, but I couldn't describe it. She's like, that's Mm -hmm. not possible. I didn't get mine until like, she was so thin. She didn't get hers till ninth grade. And so she was like, what? Um, so she came home and we were like, yep, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does follow your mom a little bit, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. right. She's like, no way. Sixth grade is super common. I've been asking people now, you know, this whole season and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised at how much 11 and 12, Yeah. you know, I thought it, I thought it would be older. I thought at 12, I was early. No, I was right on time. Yeah. Right on time. <laughs> yeah. Toilet paper. I, I love this question, by the way. I think I should I ask more women this question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we don't talk about it. While we're on the topic of periods, I'm a diva cup user and I swear by it. So <gasps> same, same. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been, I've had it for five years now because I went on, um, I know that because we went to Mexico for our 10 year anniversary trip and we just had our 15 year anniversary uh-huh. and my friend recommended it to me because I was going to have my period the entire six days we were in Mexico, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Hey, just like get a cup, you know, just the, you're not dealing with, you know, tampons right. and all that. And I was like, okay. And I psyched myself up and used it for a couple months before I went. And now I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, we'll be on. I'm sure you too. Like oh, everyone, we're getting on our pedestal right now. You're going to listen to the soapbox, <laughs> you know? I, Get, swear, I'm like, yeah. I told my husband, I'm like, my next business venture is I'm going to create period cups and then hopefully, you know, be able to have a business where we can give some away for everyone that gets purchased. Like I, yes. it's going to be a thing that I do. We have to, we have to change the way we do. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yeah. And don't worry. I had somebody be like, well, I don't want to get my hand bloody. I'm like, oh, grab. Right. I'm like, I do it in the shower. I take yeah, two showers like, a day. It's fine. <laughs> me too. Yeah. There's a sink. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Perfect. Seven. <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> as we're in the bathroom. Uh, over, under, or you don't care. <laughs> oh my God. I literally just found out about this. The like mullet <gasps> versus the. The bangs uh-huh. or whatever. Beard, uh-huh. beard uh-huh. I was like, this is a thing. So now I've learned the proper way is the bangs. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you didn't know this as a type A. <laughs> no, and like now I can't unsee it. I'm like, how did we do this uh, wrong? <laughs> this yes. is so funny. Oh my God, my sister-in-law was like, I thought that your parents were like fucking with me when I would come <gasps> into your house and it would have the mullet. So she would turn it around and then it would get like turned back around. She's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> This is the story that I love. I get your sister-in-law so hard. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, uh, no, you know. Welcome to the world of right. over <laughs> toilet paper. My husband's one. We, are, we have family meetings about it. We're very serious. Like, oh what is this God. behind the shit? You know, oh. Oh, uh, this so oh, reminds geez. me of, like, the um, Legally Blonde. Like, the the janitor staff switched from Charmin to generic. I yeah. object. <laughs> yeah. It's a real issue. Totally. I've it's been using Scott toilet paper since COVID because uh, there was it was just like all out. We just switched back to like our normal and I'm like, oh, this is glorious. <sighs> yeah. My mom bought good toilet paper after I had my first baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've never gone back. Like yeah. my mom was like, I'm gonna get you some good toilet paper. You're gonna need it. And seriously it's been 13 years now my husband and I are like we did have this same total privilege like moment of like right, right. we're getting crappy toilet paper <laughs> so we got a bidet yeah, yeah oh my god so cool uh-huh. Wait, so Mickey Agarwal one of the women that I referenced she actually owns um, Tushy which is a bidet company. <gasps> oh we mm-hmm. didn't get a Tushy they were back ordered <laughs> but I know lots of people have Tushy and love them yeah yeah we tried to but she was doing so well during COVID we couldn't right. get it she wrote about it I was like damn 
Like that's the business to be yeah. in right now. No shit. Oh, oh boom! That's a I, mic drop moment. <laughs> I didn't even mean it. Oh, uh, full of them today on this Saturday. <laughs> oh, I've got a good joke for you. Um, Tell me. Uh, poop jokes aren't my thing, but they're a solid number two. Ah! I love it. My kids, I'm going to tell my kids that one. Oh, it's like the perfect dad joke or mom joke. Oh, oh, it's perfect. Oh, Mm -hmm. God, thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, I should ask everyone. That might be season three. Tell me a joke. Uh, Okay, number number four on my list. Are you a fan of Lizzo? You know what? I am a big fan of Lizzo. In fact, I actually recommend one of her songs in my book. Good. Which song? Um... I do my hair. Hair check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Me too. Uh, my kids know like every song. That's <laughs> dope. Mm, uh, Bixby um, does the boys. Woo, she's so good. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah. Cilantro, yes or no? In guac? I don't think like I yeah. seek out cilantro otherwise. Uh, when you drink a latte, like you walk into Starbucks and you're like ordering a latte, what kind of milk do you have them prepare it? With. I don't drink lattes, but that's because okay. I drink black coffee with oat milk. <laughs> okay, and so only, you have an answer. Only oatly oat milk. Okay, okay. It's like okay. really, really good. Uh-huh. It is good. Okay. <laughs> I, I have coffee shops. That's why I always ask people this. Oh, that's cool. Um, can you drive a standard transmission? Um, like, not very well, but I can do mm-hmm. it. It's just like, okay. you should not trust me with your car. <laughs> if, I had, if I had a girl school, <laughs> I would teach all girls how to drive standards. Oh, yeah. I remember learning this. Like, Dear God, like people do this yeah. and think at yeah. the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my uh, girlfriends drives one. I'm like, you impress me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I used to love driving a stick in heels. Mm, oh, yeah. That's hot. <laughs> it was a truck, too, I had. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Where are you in the birth order? I think we kind of know this. I am a middle child. You're the middle, and there's a boy above and a boy below. Yep. Mm, the girl in the middle. Mm-hmm. What was your kindergarten teacher's name? Miss Hayes. Oh. You know how I know is Sean Hayes, who's the guy from Will and Grace, was her brother-in-law. Oh, yeah, the Whoa. like super flamboyant one. That was her yeah. brother-in-law, which is yeah. actually yeah. the only reason why I remember her. Her name. name. Yeah. Oh, that's a great fucking story. See, I yeah. love this question. <laughs> oh, this is a this is a good one. What do you regret more, high heels or jalapenos? Always jalapenos. They come <laughs> back to kill you the next day. Yeah. You're like, Woo! <laughs> Woo! need that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god perfect uh steph this has been a wonderful saturday <laughs> seriously i'm like can we hang out i need to come to I west know. texas i know i know and meet this your is kids. What, yeah i know i wish you i'm like she has a meeting i'm like we could just chat for another hour <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm like shoot why did i take a back to that yeah. meeting <laughs> yeah. all right well i love to remind everyone of two things at the end of the episode one you can find me at lajoy society lajoy is my maiden name by the way uh, Le Joie de Vie. Le, oh. uh, L-A-J-O-I-E. Uh, Society is on all the social medias. And my website is that as well. And you can get merch there. And I just keep beating this drum. And I like I need a drum to like actually beat, like rate the show. Uh, review the show. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. boom. Should I, my kids. <gasps> yes. 
I'm going to remember to get my kids have a little drum out there and I'm going to boom, 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 boom. There you go. Because it, it works. Every little bit, every bit of nagging and every bit of like, please fucking do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it helps. Seriously, rate the so, show. I'm also a podcaster. Yeah. I know how much it helps. People, uh-huh, rate the yes. show. <laughs> and like, if when you buy her book, rate the, you know what I mean? Do, do it rate for the, the books. Book. It's yeah. very important for that as well. It's important mm-hmm. for that shit. And it's once the you're algorithms. On, yes. Once you're on the other end of it, like once you have something out and you're like, oh, have you become a super raider? Because, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. everything was yeah. great here's all the reason yeah. why <laughs> yeah yeah same it's important stuff mm-hmm. all right everyone we'll meet here again next week oh bye. bye everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere i'd rather be than to be here all the sense I felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit perfectly to tell a story is made cards left on tables and cards played and no one knows how will it go questions burning in the mind answers may not be there to find and no one knows how should it be so pain